Collective Awakening podcast. Sharing truth and knowledge in this time of conscious awakening with Chris and Stephen. Hello friends and welcome. I want to welcome anybody who's watching us or listening to us on the Collective Awakening podcast with Chris and Stephen here and we're live as well on Facebook this evening so just want to welcome uh, everyone to this space and if you are watching live feel free to comment and ask questions. Uh, we're happy to include that and we're really happy to invite back our guest on this episode, Sammy Richard. Real pleasure to have you back Sammy. And I know Round I'm three have... is it now? Yeah, we're on another three now. Uh, so, yeah. I was going to say uh, so quickly, really... you, you, so we're live on Facebook. We, does it work if you would tag tag me in the video? Does it? I'm not sure how it works with this platform. Yeah, I, that, can tag you, I can tag you now. Yeah, Steven, I can tag you with that now. I, I won't even do anything, like because I'm not logged into Facebook. I'll, actually, I'll just open it up and just see if it does anything. Yeah, that would be cool. And then we can stream it to my audience as well. Yeah, you can do that feel free to share it so welcome welcome everyone who will be joining us like i say if you are joining us live uh, feel free to comment to share this is an open space we can come together uh, collectively which is always really important uh, really important to come together and share so sammy I, i've lost track of when the last episode we did i've lost you for a minute there oh one second <laughs> No problem. I, I've just realised on Facebook I've got to um, accept the tags so, because of my settings. If you don't mind, I'll just be one second. No problem whatsoever. So just as we start, we're going to be discussing uh, tonight uh, with and uh, sharing about the energetic shifts and changes, what's going on in the world now. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have felt um, different things at the moment. Uh, what are you feeling with the energy at this moment in time and what's occurring in the world and it's important to discuss and share uh, and as we share there will be things that we all resonate with to know maybe you're not on your own in what you're feeling sensing and experiencing absolutely and it's uh like to welcome everybody for 2023 it's going to be an absolutely amazing <laughs> year i could feel it it was going to be an amazing year lots of uh revelations lots of um, truths being revealed, lots of opportunity to grow and evolve and search and work on yourselves. So it's going to be absolutely a pleasure having Sammy with us again. Um, you really inspire us with your words, words of wisdom and truth. And it's exciting times, isn't it, to make that connection with everybody again? Yeah, I'm always glad to chat with you guys, especially as we're all from the UK. So we can, we were having a good chat just before this this live started talking about what's going on on the ground here in the UK. So it's good to, you know, create local connections as well. I think that's really important. Um, even though we are across, you know, where, where are you guys based again? Northwest. Lancashire. Well, there we go. We're not too far there. Yeah. So, so yeah, so as we start, Sammy, I feel a good place to start. As you said, we were talking quite a bit about, we're going to touch on the weather tonight and what's occurring, not only in the UK, <laughs> uh, your local weather report, yeah. Uh, so we're going to be discussing the weather and energetic shifts as well. Uh, as always, it used to be when we started this podcast, the first question we would ask our guests 
would be what are you feeling at this moment in time or what have you been feeling in this latest wave? And I always feel with myself as we come up to just before Christmas time, it always seems to get a little bit dense and heavier. Um, and I've always also felt the need a little bit almost to hibernate and and rest, I feel has been very important. And I know Stephen's been similar. Um, so what have you been feeling, Sammy, with what's been occurring recently in the recent months? Yeah, it's definitely similar. This is a time where, contrary to what we should be doing, I think a lot of people are stuck in overdrive really with the holidays and 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 you know i think it's a it's an important time for energy conservation and to respect the natural seasonal fluctuations and cycles so that we can attune to our internal energy during the winter months and you know as a lot of viewers probably know already the new year seems to be positioned at quite a interesting time where we're experiencing that, that kind of death darkness phase in the cycle not the spring rebirth that you you would norm, you you would assume would correlate with the new year wouldn't you so i think that that creates natural confusion and the, and the restlessness and this is underlying sense of melancholy at this time of the year which i think is more mm -hmm. reason to really absorb in our own shadow and, and befriend the shadow and and take this time to to address parts of ourselves that we're not attending to when we're constantly preoccupied with the external world so and i'm not just talking about the winter really i think in general during these times it's becoming more important now not to stay distracted by things that don't ultimately matter in the grand scheme of things you know that includes mm -hmm. preoccupation with knowledge with social media with technology in general these things can be used as tools of course to enhance our awareness but if that's not being synthesized then we're going to be left burned out and drained and ultimately that will then keep our frequency at a le level that's easily infiltrated and that's where we've got to pay attention and realize that the war is working through us and if we can't stabilize our frequency then we'll still be interfacing with components of of the energy siphoning matrix or system that exploits that through the, our, our blind spots. So blind spots indicate shadow, shadow it, it indicates, we you know, winter and the dark side. And for me, it's just a case of not separating the light and the dark and, and respecting that I need to find that harmony between those two forces in order to find balance. So that's where my focus is. I'm not saying it's easy. It, it, it's a tough, few months when you're in the northern hemisphere and and especially in the uk is very turbulent with with all the the weather conditions um but we can always find our center and connect to source despite the external chaos so yeah. that's what we want to be nurturing i think yeah i think that's yeah. important it's it's finding that um it's almost like uh, that state of meditation, that, that sweet spot that we can find. Um, we can have that all the time. We can sort of almost protect ourselves with that and keep ourselves at a level. And it can be really challenging, really challenging, you know, little niggles get in and personal things coming up. Um, but I feel, I, I always think as long as we have certain tools that work for us that we can fall back on, 
they will always help like a goal to that, that that stop things going um too far that yeah i mean that that could be anything it could just be learning to quiet the mind and and be in a meditative state of being in everything bring that presence into everything that we're doing and you might have certain modalities or, or methods that you feel connected to or, or even creative expression you know there's there, there's no you know fixed way that anyone needs to do anything what we for me it's just about connecting to what brings me the most alive and brings my soul the most passion whilst not getting too bound out at the same time but normally if you feel that passion and aliveness you don't really get burned out that's the thing it's normally when we're focusing Mm. on things that aren't actually important that we think we need to be doing that could be anything from overexerting with exercise or or spending too much time around too many different people and draining our energy because we feel a sense of duty or responsibility all of these things that ultimately can come at a cost to that to, to yeah. again that flow you know i could understand that a little bit um as well as there's certain things especially coming up to the holiday times that uh, many of us like you feel should I, be, I normally would do this or i should be doing that but i stopped myself a few times going no no i don't have to do it though don't have to put myself in that and that's that's quite hard to do to not get caught up in it as well yeah yeah exactly yeah um yeah we all set a lot of pressure on ourselves i think and you just have to respect that our energy is the most vital precursor to raising our frequency and we have to clear and respect our energy field and and uphold healthy boundaries without being paranoid and 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 too meticulous about it um but for me i'm at a point now where i know what aligns with me and my soul resonance and i'm working to adjust my field not just in real life but on over technology and social media as well to reflect that and to be discerning about what I'm investing my um, focus on and my attention and asking myself whether it's coming from a place of ego or whether it's actually enhancing that state of being. And, and the ego is the ultimate trickster, obviously. It can, it can mm. keep stuck in all these traps. So coming into this new year, that's something I've pledged to myself to build really honest and align connections with individuals such as yourselves you know take part in these kind of conversations where we can just be more raw and organic in our expression and we're not trying to create this persona for ourselves that still is looking for some kind of external validation and there's a lot of that in the field at the moment i think and there's no judgment from my end because you know i'm trying to stay focused on on my energy field and as long as you're doing that, we shouldn't really concern ourselves too much with other people's choices. But if we can all, you know, connect with those that we know we can trust, then we're actually now starting to form this new container that will naturally act as a resistance to what's happening on the outside, which, as we know, is just getting more intense and crazy by the day so that's our best chance i think um Mm. to really regulate our frequency and our field not just on our own but with one another 
And I think, uh, I think as well, I think you made a really good point there. Uh, I think this is what a lot of this work, this groundwork is all about at the moment. Uh, that's going to take many, many years. Why probably so a lot of us have come back to the earth to do this kind of work is in a way to decode, to recreate. It's like like a computer decoding the old the the old things and flush the old ways out so that we can decode and when we talk about the container that can't be created into the old the illusions the distortions mm. are cleared and healed and that's gonna that's probably the most difficult part is knocking that tower down so that a new stronger one can be built and and that is by doing inner work on yourself self work so that we can shed those those uh, distortions those heavy frequencies that we attach ourselves to and that all needs cutting away that needs snipping away washing away uh so yeah uh, yeah so it's a recalibration process which isn't something we're searching for it's actually a stripping back process and this is was a big wake-up call for me when I, I i thought things had to unfold in a specific way and i was searching for something a purpose searching for a community searching for anything that seems to be where the block that, cre that creates resistance whenever we're expecting focusing or trying to control outcomes ironically we actually block them from manifesting so if we're still plugged in like you said to the old undying system and the old ways which i think a lot of people are trying to work within to create something using maybe technology or in the financial system there's all these paradigms which by their nature are corrupt and inverted and we can try and transform them from the inside and create something new and maybe that's a stepping stone that we have to go through or we can just you know strip back and realize what they represent these dying systems and how they were never mm. built for our benefit and you know their ancient technologies that have been utilized on civilizations long before we we can't even comprehend how long this has been going on for so we're at that juncture point now where we need to put more trust in the divine and god to yeah. allow things to orchestrate organically and all we need to do like you said um steven is just to focus on the inner work as cliche as that sounds everyone has their interpretation of what inner work is but true inner work is actually developing deeper authenticity with the self in alignment with source so that we develop that unshakable unbreakable trust in our higher connection and allow that that to guide us intuitively to yeah. take whatever action we need to take to manifest the reality that's better for us and that takes a lot of surrender and vulnerability at first because we're conditioned not to trust in that feminine aspect of our, that embodied aspect of the self you know we're so used to being mm. uh, in action mode in 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 the masculine wearing ourselves out but these two forces that embodied feminine and the the the, the external masculine they work and work together in harmony if we if we if we relinquish control and learn to start listening to the intelligence of the body which carries so much trauma at the moment the, the signal very distorted and it's very difficult at first when we we let go and, and relinquish the ego mind and start tuning into that 
body intelligence because it creates a lot of discomfort we have to confront a lot of suppressed feelings and we have to go through that in order to get out the other side there's no tiptoeing around it distracting ourselves focusing on the external that those feelings that that emotional spectrum is there to be felt and transmuted internally and by recognizing that it's just energy that needs our attention and conscious focus consciousness and then as we allow that fe those feelings to to be felt then eventually they transform into higher frequency states of consciousness yeah. but until we go down and delve into those uh, that underworld those layers then they'll still be governing us from the unconscious mm. and we'll be acting it out in all these different ways that we've already mentioned a few you know destructive relationships addictions and then just dysfunctional emotional reactions, projections, distractions, all of it comes from that unresolved feeling aspect of ourself, which we're too, we've been so scared to confront, rightfully so, because there's been so much suppression and trauma there, not just in this life, but in, in, in our past incarnations. And really, we need to be brave enough to, to look at that now and, and integrate that so that we don't repeat the same patterns again and that's why i think well that's why i know we're at this pivotal juncture now where some of us are starting to explore these deeper aspects of reality more consciously and to journey through the underworld yeah with the yeah. knowledge that on the other side there's a potential a real potential to now break this old paradigm once and for all these old empires and and these old control systems that have been taking all these different expressions throughout history you know they rise and they fall but they come back again through multiple time cycles but we're done with that enslavement program now and that starts with self-responsibility and then connection and communion with others that are also taking that self-responsibility and that's how we organically create these new timelines and i think i think also something that i feel very very strongly about uh, these past few months is and i try to sort of inspire other people to take this approach as well is we, we you know it sometimes when you do look at the world people get very overwhelmed and sometimes when they get overwhelmed they then lean back into the oh well, what's the point the world's going to part what's the point and and really try to instill people is to trust their own in, intuition, to trust what they are feeling as well, to look within. I think the big thing with a lot of people at the moment is they're not trusting, they're not questioning what they are seeing. They're looking down and, which you know, lift the head up, see what's happening. You know, when we talk about, you know, it could be quite controversial, this topic, when we talk about chemtrails, quite all right look in the sky question what are you feeling does it make sense and you know when we strip everything away sort of on the simple terms what what does your feelings tell you you know when people look up to people like us and say oh you know you're so awake and i said why well, you are awake as well you are just we are all part of the collective consciousness you have the same knowledge this the same energy within you just tap into it question what are you feeling does that feel right you know and and if you can sort of use i say that to people if you can use that 
with everything in walks of life. We're not asking people to uh, to uh, be paranoid about everything, but we try to, to get people to question, what are you feeling? Does that feel right to you? People just seem just to lean on and believe uh, without doubt what they are told and, and not questioning their intuition, their feeling, their emotion, what they are seeing. Look up, look up. What are you feeling? What are you seeing? And does does it make? What does it make you feel? Yeah, a lot of it comes down to unconscious fear. Mm. Um, I think a lot, of, all of it, actually has its origins in fear. And there, there's other components at play as well. There is a natural hierarchy of consciousness because we live in a 3D reality, well, a multi-dimensional reality, and. If you just look at the layers of the dimensions, it's obvious that there is a kind of natural order that's that's split into different or compartmentalized to different dimensions. So here on the 3D now, there's different incarnated souls that are holding different resonances connected to different dimensions or or, or DNA strands, which kind of correlate anyway. We can go into that a bit later um i mean that, yeah. that, that can be quite a complex topic but it's not that complex that's 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 the thing it's actually these ascension mechanics are quite simple and like yeah. you said Stephen, you know like we we're trying to show other people that we all have this capacity within us and these hero and savior programs of oh i want you to feed drip feed me all this information i want you to save me i don't mind being a leader or or you know providing i've got the resources and energy to do that i'm happy to help guide people because i i love to be of service and the more that i i expand and elevate the more i feel i can be of service obviously i still have my own stuff going on but I'm happy to disseminate my experiences and knowledge down. Well, I don't even like to say down, but I don't mean that in a kind of you know derogatory way. But I like I like to you know filter through my knowledge to those that haven't yet unlocked that part of their psyche yet. So the more that I see reality clearer, which I know because I feel it so intuitively, I don't need to prove it to anyone, but those who who relate to it will naturally gravitate to it. And again, this is a good way to be of service is to, to actually just speak our truth without needing to force it upon anyone yeah, and allow definitely. the residents to do the work. And, you know, people, some people say, well, that's an echo chamber um we need to be speaking to blah 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 about the control system because they're not awake if it doesn't work like that i know it doesn't work like that because i've tried and tested it numerous times in my life for over a decade with every walk of life you can imagine strangers family friends people that i really trust old romantic partners i've tried playing that game of hello here's the truth i'm going to dangle it in front of your face and it doesn't matter how concrete even the evidence is they don't want to see it <laughs> they're not going to learn so i'm getting out of this whole idea that I, I i need to take on this role of being anything right all we need to be doing is ensuring that we're living in the greatest alignment with our own authenticity and allowing that to inspire people naturally 
who will then feel that that energy and they'll 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 be motivated inspired by it and then that will really amplify our co-creative potential together and people will then naturally ask the right questions because as your frequency raises through the self-work and through all the shadow work obviously it's not about spiritual bypassing but the more you commit to that internal individual process the more the truth actually just comes into your reality because you're expanding your consciousness through self-awareness first so therefore your external reality will feed back more of the truth about the nature of reality because obviously we're our our internal and ex external worlds are one and the same thing from a higher vantage point so we don't need to force the truth on anyone we don't need to develop doctrines or belief systems and box things I, well this is the way i see it anyway everyone's got their own approach and i respect that we're all at different phases in the process and i had years where i did speak quite bluntly about the control system and you know that definitely did play a part in my development and maybe did help a few people but i've got to that point now where i know again how to best utilize my energy to connect to people in the right way and i'm finding that that's a more efficient approach to actually resisting what it is that we're trying to transcend it's really i think yeah, is something that sorry. we we sorry. use sorry. is li sorry. live sorry. just i'm not it's not a question it's not a question chris <laughs> it's just live 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 and lead by example that's the best we can do mm. is live and lead by example so chris over to you <laughs> I thought I was going to have to mute you then to get in with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to pick up. There was about 50 things I could have picked up on there that I really was resonating with. And I think myself and Stephen have been through the same. And I, I don't think I've met anyone, you know, if you want to call it a movement or an awakening that, it, that hasn't gone down that road of trying to show the truth to their loved ones or people around them or people they meet in hope that they will go oh and have that moment i've i've seen it but it's not the way it works because you know maybe that's not the role they've come back to play in this life um that the, they might have another part to play um so it could be a difficult line to tell and 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 100 percent with i feel with this uh it, what I've been talking about quite a lot is with people questioning, I feel so important and also listening to the body exactly like you said, um, because I feel this time of going to the guru or the healer or the master. Yeah, they're wonderful, some wonderful people out there. And there's some wonderful things that groups can get and, and be involved in. But the solution and the miracle really lies within ourselves. Ultimately, that's what I, I feel. And uh, that's what I was resonating with with yourself there. So we have all these things that can that can bring that out and assist, but ultimately it's already within us. I used to use the analogy, you know, like the Wizard of Oz, where they go on that journey and they're all searching for something at the end, but they had it all along mm. all the time. And, and, and I think yeah. that's, yeah, that, so that's I was very say, much. I was going to say, following on from that, actually. Um, you can look at these movies as archetypal symbols and the characters within them. So in, I haven't watched um, 
the Wizard of Oz in years, but I, I vaguely remember. I remember, you know, the cur- the man behind the curtain governing things in the shadows, and the dog ends up pulling it yeah. away. And you got the courage, and then the what was it? The tin, the, the, the heart. The, yeah, yeah heart courage. What was it? The the lion courage, Tin Man. Who's the? What was there? Was another one? What's the scarecrow? Uh, the brain, the brain for the scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. So they're obvious archetypes, aren't they? And and obviously they all connected in the end. And you see this in all popular movies. And I I, I do like drawing upon that. And it, it, even in films like you know the classics, Lord of the Rings, especially that film. Actually, if you look at the archetypes there, you get a good representation of of this reality. It's just a different expression. So you know you have your wizard Gandalf, who's very busy. Um, focusing on the higher order affairs, you know, he has to make sure he's meeting with the kings, right, and making sure everything's kept in order and preparations for certain battles that are inevitably going to happen. And then the king obviously disseminates that to his advisors, and the advisors, um, you know, that that, that they they have that their the general population and 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 the, the soldiers and the warriors and all of this and some of them are outdated archetypes i think but that's just what sells movies isn't it really all of that's happening internally so we have to find what archetype we best identify with at our current stage of consciousness and respect how to best use that skill and knowledge and wisdom in the most appropriate way that protects our own boundaries but also has the most um benefit in terms of chip elevating the collective consciousness and that doesn't mean we have to reach thousands millions of people not at all we could be a higher kind of shaman wizard kind of archetype if we can get to that phase obviously there's many layers to get there and then we could have as much power and influence working on that level reaching just the few rungs down you know the let's use the analogy of the kings again um obviously benevolent kings not not the brutal kings we're familiar with <laughs> yeah. and look at king arthur like in in the tales of king arthur he's another great archetype he's obviously that's been manipulated into into making out that he was some kind of knight of of this order that's all like freemason and knights of Malta manipulation but actually he would have been probably a druid right an ancient druid and yeah. um, grail keeper okay so he had a very specific soul contract and he was embodying probably the avatar consciousness so you're talking like 15th dimension activation 15th strand um avatar consciousness is same as the christ consciousness it's that point where you've embodied all of the the 12 strands i suppose and you're able to move to that that layer where you can literally command and control your reality so we've had figures in the past incarnate with special missions and operations in order to try and restore the balance at key points the christ we had christ in you know 2000 years ago you had arthur not not too long after and there, there was some in the egyptian times as well so these figures which we now know as kind of key archetypes had such a monumental influence over the population and still today stories are written about them religions are born from them yet they would have known what their mission was you had arthur who had his the 12 the arthur's round table didn't you so they're they're the equivalent of like christ's disciples the 12 disciples 
I think it was 12, isn't it? And then the 12 knights of the round table. So you see here the archetypes are built in the numbers of 12, which correlates to the 12 strands and the 12 dimensions. So these these kind of collectives, they had their leader, but the, and then you got like Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, you got the dwarf and you've got the elf and you've got Frodo, the, the hobbit who represents your ordinary good-hearted person who and that demonstrates how important just embodying love is there's some people out there that are still innocent you know the shire shirelings let's call them and they don't even necessarily have the awareness of what's going on but they're still anchoring a, a, a strong frequency and a strong heart and that counts for a lot so no role is going to be exactly the same but the more conscious we become, the more acquainted with what our role is. And I think we, as we progress through this whole trying to force people to do anything, we can just work on the level that's most appropriate for the knowledge we have. Because you can't push high level knowledge, ascension mechanics on people that don't understand it. In fact, what you're going to get is emotional projections from them onto you. Because anyone who's not ready to face that level of fear so to speak will exert push that discomfort onto you so we do have to be responsible with with the way that we use information and i'm realizing that more now in my affairs is that you know maybe there's some things that aren't best put out in the public domain because they're not going to be perceived in the way that i'm i'm presenting them you know and and i don't want to create fear in people right i want to inspire mm. people so uh, it's a work in progress for all of us to find that best methodology but it will happen naturally the more that we become authentic that we step into that authenticity and build these kind of connections yeah i suppose it's just about following your intuition as you meet people as well because quite often if we do try and give somebody something that they're not ready to accept they'll naturally will just re uh, reject it anyway and go the opposite way uh and and quite often that the best way is just to be you and then when they come to you with those questions ready to answer them uh openly and uh that that's the way I, i've tried to be I, I think that's um i think that's the best we can do you know be the best but do you know but you know i you know a film that i love going back with quotes where i feel a lot of truth is is actually the matrix film and actually in the yeah. matrix i don't quote me uh, word by word but morpheus basically said you know there are people that are ho so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will do anything to protect it so the, mm. you will have people that are so attached to these systems that they aren't ready to be unplugged and and i feel and people say in the film, I'm not talking about this as truth, it's just uh, there could be truth in, in the writers of, of certain uh, scripts and Hollywood yeah. movies. You know, you know, you know, we talk about movies that get inspired by the, the dark. You've got movies that are inspired by the light as well because there's truth in everything. But there is a scene where Trinity says to um to to some people in the matrix said you know it would be too easy to unplug everybody but it's some people aren't ready and if you unplug them this sounds dramatic you can kill them 
because some people are not ready to be unplugged. They're not ready. They're not maybe not again. You could argue part of their reincarnation contract that they've come back to play. Maybe they've got karma to, to repay. Maybe they've got a sole contract. And this is why we've got to be very careful. And, and us here at the Purple Mountain is one of the greatest lessons that me and Chris had to learn, Sammy, here, is not forcing things on people. Because like you said before, you want to help everybody. You want to be at service with everybody. But not everybody is ready. Not everybody's ready. Yeah, and also on if you look at frequency, right? All information carries a frequency. So um, you get this with with when we spiritually bypass, for example, if we're chasing, say, the light, right, and we haven't done the integration of of, of the dark, the classic dark light synthesis process, then we're basically trying to elevate to a frequency that we can't embody. So that causes our, our we we almost like short circuit from an overload of of light or electrical energy that can't be grounded and anchored into the body so a lot of times if we think we're having a kind of kundalini surge or a kundalini awakening it can create these horrible symptoms right because we haven't actually initiated to a, a stage where we know how to ground that energy into the physical body that's so important the body has to be prepared and equipped to be able to harness that frequency it's the vessel to embody that 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 the, the more frequency but we have to transform in order to do that through the shadow work through activating those strands if we haven't we're still plugged into this really finite you know limited bandwidth then we simply won't be able to we, our physical bodies will just just short circuit and create illness and disease and we see that sometimes in spiritual figures who have become so ungrounded you can you can see the life force is actually lost in them that vitality so it's kind of paradoxical that sometimes chasing the light can actually diminish your light Yes, we're here definitely. in the 3D to respect that we live in a physical world and the physical body is the interface between the physical dimension and the higher spiritual dimensions and that we need to bridge them together. Science, spirituality, physicality, matter and spirit, whatever you want to call it, they need to be brought into synthesis. It's all about synthesis. Same with the dark and light. And funnily enough, talking of the Matrix films, if you look at the red and blue pill, right? I, I yeah. can't remember which one. Which one was the awake pill? The red one, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So think of the blue pill like one polarity, right, of of, of the sleepers. But then you think, oh, I've, I've guzzled the red pill now. That means I'm awake and I'm out of the matrix. Yeah. Well, no. What happened to Neo when he took the red pill was he then entered <laughs> yeah. another layer of reality. But what was it? It was him plugged into this pod in this artificial reality. So, yeah, okay, he saw a deeper layer of, of existence, but that wasn't the kind of reality we want to be moving towards where we're on these ships, like, fighting these sentinels and or whatever it was. So it's a kind of false dichotomy in itself, the red and blue pill. We need to go beyond that entirely, but sometimes you have to go through the process. You take the red pill, then you realise, oh, this is another layer, and this is where morpheus comes in because 
Morpheus was kind of the prophet in a way. You you did have the 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 um, oracle as well, which I think they represent a kind of masculine feminine. Anyway, that's another that's a bit too symbolic. But Morpheus obviously guides Neo out of the Matrix. He's the mentor, isn't he? But then he gets slipped up, doesn't he? Because he, I think he he underestimates the layers of the matrix so he gets blinded by his own illusions as well and then yes. in the end you know he he kind of gets taken out doesn't he and then neo has to carry on and trust in himself and that's the message there is that you know he was kind of the hero or the savior figure that thought that he had it all worked out but he still had his own blind spots and neo who's on his hero's journey he needs to continue on his path irrespective take the lessons take the mentorship but not fall into a specific belief system that i think morpheus was attached to and he kind of was a bit new agey wasn't he morpheus yeah. he was all about using belief manifesting your reality bending the spoon all of this stuff but he still had his own blind spots so when we identify with any thing like these pills or whatever as a solution or but which which represent belief systems obviously so if we attach to any belief system and don't continue to scrutinize our own beliefs and keep exploring questioning through the lens of our intuition and discernment then we'll get sidetracked into one of these false light programs so that's what the false light is and as just to move on to another topic now um that's kind of where the collective consciousness is in the process we're experiencing this kind of awakening about the system and how it's not serving us and that's good it's the next step it's like taking the red yeah. pill and it's necessary uh, as as part of the progression but if we stay there and stay stuck in complacency in that comfort zone what will happen is we'll fall straight into another trap of awareness a false light awakening a false awakening and we'll see society transform to some degree some positive changes will happen maybe we'll see the dissolution of this really depraved satanic kind of system i know it's hard to put language with these things but you know just for the sake of semantics there i'll call it a very dark satanic system because of you know it's it's obvious why that is if you look deep enough this is this wars going on or this 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 metaphysically this is all about energy right and there's forces that are trying to usurp our energy through our own blind spots and our own ego so the key thing is to keep checking in with our ego and making sure that we're not allowing ourselves to be hijacked into another trap so you know it's all as well waking up and developing the awareness but it's what what are we doing with that are we actually using that to move into deep authenticity and alignment with the divine are we actually respecting and nature more are we actually taking self-responsibility to actually understand the mechanics of energy and the law of one teachings which you know respect divine will and how that works through each of us or are we still allowing our own selfish materialistic motives to blind us in which case 
we are moving into a new system, but it's still one governed by the self-serving ego. And that will be reflected in what we experience. So that's kind of what I'm seeing happen in the in the la global landscape at the moment is there is a lot of positive stuff going on. I mean, the disclosure is taking care of itself and it was always going to. You can't put a lid on an awakening. Once the cat's out of the bag, that's it. It's, it's, the, the, you know, it's a snowball effect from there. But then the real work begins. Which of us are actually doing the real inner self-inquiry to check in with those parts of ourselves that are running those fragmented aspects of consciousness? And are we able to resolve them within ourselves so that we can truly transcend to that zero point field of, of self, uh, you know, um, of, of, of true in, internal harmony and integrity and authenticity? So, yeah be interesting to hear your guys you guys take on that actually you well i just want to sort of um come back a memory actually you know some of us um that have been on certain ceremonies different journeys and have experience i know i know you have as well sammy uh, in 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 our past and i remember seeing very very clearly the earth and what i was seeing with the earth was um this light which for me was like ley lines of protection around the energy energy system magnetically spiritually however i saw it around the earth and and there was there was light workers rebuilding uh, the fractures uh, the distortions of the earth and there was a lot of people like us that have come back to do that healing work as we do the work on ourselves we're doing also for the collective but also there are forces we have to we have to say that there are darker forces out there uh, that don't want that to be healed they want the, the vibrations of the earth to be lower so that lower vibrational beings can continue to reincarnate of, on the earth so I feel there is something that is happening happening on a on a larger collective energetic perspective as well, which I've seen and I've experienced uh, uh, as well. But what I wanted to say about the archetypes, which is absolutely fascinating me, I never sort of thought about this. So do you feel sort of as part of our reincarnation process that we all have to experience those archetypes in order as part of our soul's progression? yeah um yeah i i do actually because uh, sorry one sec um if you consider like the hero's journey again um, you're familiar with the hero's journey right yeah yeah again it's not a one size fits all there's different types of heroes we're all the the hero of our own story ultimately so we all have to go through an initiation back to source through the different layers and to do that we have to undergo uh, the, the journey of of multiple incarnations i guess if you're looking on a, yeah. linear, on a linear level and what can happen is we can stay bonded to certain archetypes when we haven't resolved the karmic residue that's giving rise to them so what we what happens is we keep experiencing the same patterns on repeat through different time cycles in an attempt to resolve that karma so we kind of in a way are almost stuck in this purgatory and that's okay yeah. because it takes as long as it needs to take but eventually 
layer upon layer will start activating newer higher archetypes so that we can become our own seer i suppose our own shaman and we're doing it for ourselves before we're doing giving it back to others we have to remember that we are aspects of creation experiencing itself on a different on different dimensional layers so we're all on the ascension path back towards source and as we move to each layer we evolve into newer archetypes you look at angels right they're an archetype of evolved beings but you have fallen angels as well so you have the dark and light archetypes expanding into multiple dimensions and sometimes the lines funnily enough can be quite blurred it takes a yes, while definitely because the more the more you see reality clearer the easier it is to manipulate those laws of, of reality for your own self gain if you want to so say you activated like you know seven eight nine strands but you still but then suddenly you thought hmm, what would happen if i experimented with this knowledge in order to bolster my own interests and it's funny it's weird to think that that can even happen on that level but this is your archetype of you know the dark wizard you know and then you've got the high priestess you know which is more of a feminine archetype she can sometimes turn into a dark witch as well the sorcerers you know in all these tales you see both positive and yeah. negative versions of the same thing and they're both very powerful and they always come head to head don't they in the hero journey again the harry potter films you've got the dark lord voldemort and harry who both went to the same school they were both had the same teachers they both had the same you know dumbledore as their their mentor the wizard at the time and one of them decided to to, to take that self-serving path the other one decides to take the altruistic path so on the hero's journey it all always starts as someone who's innocent and vulnerable i suppose who and who suddenly has this you know something happens on their path to trigger them into this journey or an awakening like with frodo and lord of the rings he gets given the ring comes into his possession he has no control over it he was ready to embark on that journey same with all of his accomplices you know and again you've got all the archetypes of the elves and the dwarves and, and the leaders of each of those clans coming together in fellowship so that represents that there are different types of archetypes but in your own journey you'll certainly see a progression to different levels of power true spiritual power used responsibly and you can call it whatever you like it's a frequency at the end of the day and the frequency speaks for itself because the the higher that you get in that potential, the more influence you can have to serve reality. And that's ultimately what it's all about. Well, the hero side as well, it can be the hero's role can be very blurred as well, because you can argue that actually a lot of heroes that, that, that can be seen as a bit of a villain as well. And I, and I feel as well, and I push a lot of Ghibli, a lot of the Japanese Ghibli films, because the director and the writer of Ghibli talking about the Lord of the Rings, he's never liked the Lord of the Rings because he says the archetypes are so old now because the archetypes, the, 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 the narrative is all about good versus evil, where really a lot of his films said, 
that again creates a negative side here heroism it's not about um controlling the dark or, or getting rid of the dark mm. it's actually embracing both the shadow and the light because within all of us whoever you are we all have capacity for good and bad so really the ghibli films at the end of a lot of his films is all about the wicked witch and actually she she sees the error of her ways rather than she's killed and she's slain yeah. a lot of other films yeah. she gets brought into the light where really it's about coming together this 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 war this them and us as it creates another division doesn't it and it's so Absolutely. frustrating it's not about them and us we live in one world yeah so i yeah, feel very well, passionate yeah. about that That's something yeah, yeah, that i really yeah. see I, I really clearly the, the way that i would maybe explain it in lord of the ring uh, Firstly, everything you said, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the, the Ghibli films, but what you said about the ending, confront ultimately, it's all about self-confrontation, realising the darkness working through us. I think in some of these films, which I agree are probably outdated archetypal journeys now, especially as the hero can become his own villain by not resolving his own shadow. But if you take Frodo in Lord of the Rings, it, it, the reason why he's entrusted with the ring by the divine or whatever is because he embodies so much heart and love and he has to fight with himself to maintain control of the ring throughout the movie, right? Because there's yeah. this pull of, the, of Sauron's forces and his eye that's trying to suck him in and put, get him to put the ring on so that he then exposes where he is and he has to constantly battle with his own internal shadows and hold that frequency throughout. And he has his accomplice, you know, Samwise, to help him do that because he's another loving, supportive person. And those kind of people are very important. So, yeah, in a way, in, in those films, I think they are still representing an inner journey as well. I think the reason they display evil so externally is because it just makes for good movie watching. But I certainly think in a lot of other films, you're right in the sense that there's too much focus on trying to fight an evil outside of us with battles and swords and all of this stuff. And even if you look at all the modern films now, that all the, there's so much like push for all this Marvel nonsense. And if you look at all these Marvel films, it's the same old boring script of like these advanced <laughs> technologies <laughs> that can like do something. It's so nauseating and like not we're not right and i think that's deliberate and maybe not on behalf of the writers necessarily but in terms of oh like technology is going to save us that's what the push technology is going to save us and it's not because <laughs> they know spirituality they know people are moving towards spirituality again so they're trying to hijack that by using technology as an interface between us and spirit in order to help us but in fact the truth of technology as we said before is, is our own inner organic technology so yeah those films to me are, are a form of predictive programming where the hero or and you know the, the heroes they're all these superheroes and and they just don't give you that sense of awe and like real connection they're always this kind of like annoying character who's just <laughs> so yeah like, yeah it's important to make the distinction um definitely between the inner battle and the need to try and for uh, resist or fight something that's really important actually bringing it back to this reality and what we can do mm. is to realize that truly the battle if there is a battle at all is 
against us and the forces that are working through our own shadow, our own blind spots. And are we willing to face that and be humble and sincere with that? It's not about, you know, self-shame or any of that stuff. It's about self-forgiveness and self-love and coming to terms with the fact that we, we're all participants in this grand archetypal journey between light and dark, good and evil, whatever. And it's reassuring to know that when we find that inner peace and we've, we, we, we're delivered grace and salvation so that we can realign now with, with God, with source, which is us anyway, but we can activate that part of ourselves and then move away from this battleground and this game of, of polarities or dramas or battles because that's all we've known and that's all we've seen, especially in this cycle of history. It's just been one war after another, one empire after another, and it's all based on false hierarchies, true patriarchal hierarchies, not to do with men, but the false masculine, inverted masculine, trying to dominate and control reality and not sinking into that vulnerability and into that self-forgiveness and trust inside ourselves so that we can embody and unify those masculine feminine polarities from which point we can then find the unified field the unified way and when you've found that it's the best feeling it's not this ecstatic high that we get that we think we're searching for it's a very calm sense of trust and peace and stability from which our innate power and intelligence starts to really start to take control and guide us and that removes fear from those the from the from the, the survival center in our body let's say that's still governing most of humanity through the unconscious once we can actually dissolve fear and transmute it through the correct process and then we open the heart we move into the heart and it's not a blind faith or religious faith or blind trust anymore. It's a genuine embodied knowing through gnosis, having gone through the initiation in our own personal journey. And that's what the hero's journey is really about. Absolutely amazing stuff. So interesting. So interesting. I think what would be really good just to move the conversation a little bit to what we were discussing earlier on, Chris, about the weather. What's going on with the weather at the <laughs> yeah. moment, uh, Sammy? <laughs> yeah. what, what's your um, thoughts? What's happening? This is another topic that <laughs> a lot of people, unfortunately, will resist at every opportunity because accepting the depth of, again, having spoken about what we've spoken about, this is all coming from the perspective of self-empowerment to me looking at the truth of what's happening externally only provides and equips me with more knowledge to then invest in myself to then transcend this stuff so i see it as all empowering but again looking at different archetypes there's some souls that aren't ready to really see the reality of, of what's right in front of their face. And we saw this during the whole COVID stuff because, I mean, it was so blatantly obvious and, you know, stuff starting to come out about that now, but still people will resist it. Even those who have I lost know. friends and family, they'll still find an excuse as to why they died unexpectedly or whatever. And the same thing with 
this this climate stuff it's obviously the next push in in the, their agenda which obviously we're trying to transcend and defeat anyway through our own internal efforts but if you're just looking at what's happening in in that field it's obvious that we're moving now from this health agenda to this climate yeah climate scam and the signs are all around us already. You just need to look up and look around and observe and, and use your memory to discern between what we're experiencing now and what, what we were before. And it's like we said before this call, if you look at 2020 during the lockdowns, the skies were blue, the birds were singing, everything was alive, it was endless sunshine. And you look today and we're in this gloomy, endless gloomy overcast world with no diminishing sun the sun the sun is being uh, obstructed from us and, and that has so many implications too many to even mention on this chat but the main thing with this is they're trying to dim our light and they're doing that externally through attacking the sun there's a lot more to it as well with natural changes that they're trying to hijack and it's not black and white there's, there's definitely a lot going on in in the galactic field and and the, the metaphysical realms that that we can't even fully comprehend but on a ground level there certainly is this attempt to suppress the collective vibration enough so that they can now start to really well, they're, they're, they're trying to create a uh, hospitable enough environment for their dark forces to be able to come into this planet and and almost announce themselves as as uh, the new authority that's what this new world order is all about in order to actually finally complete that singularity of control through the hive mind collective they have to keep us all sufficiently plugged in and suppressed enough so that we interface with that artificial frequency enough, normally through fear. And this is why it's so important not to subscribe to fear. If we're not ready to face the truth, don't bother because the fear can be crippling and that's what actually enables these things ironically to take hold. But I don't personally feel fear about the truth. I, I feel empowered by the truth. So I'm willing to just look at things as they are. And certainly in, in the Western stronghold, if you want to call it that, that there's a real attack on, on these Western democracies at the moment um, because it's a system that needs to be dismantled to bring in this new technocratic reset, okay? So in order to do that, they need to even destroy the shitty system we've already got now, funnily enough. This, <laughs> because it's so it's not about going back or trying to keep hold of this system at all. Not at all. I think the whole thing is corrupt from start to finish. It's just another layer that they're trying to add now. In order to get to the next step, they need to reset this step. This is what that, the Great Reset was all about. This is what the COVID was, COVID was all about. They needed the, the pretext in which to gain public compliance that's what it, that that's what it feels like layer on layer on layer the past um three years absolutely that there's just 
the feeling of it all needs to be cleared and go back to restart but we're just getting these constant layers and i know we've been mentioning um reference films a few times tonight but there's a film called don't look up uh, and i don't know if you've ever seen it but in it they're trying to bring attention to something that's going to happen to the earth and the people that are saying it are being ridiculed and the leaders in it are getting more ridiculous and almost like uh, comedic and I think that's whoever wrote that is talking about the world we're living in now because actually our leaders are becoming more obvious, more um, over the top. Um, the mistruths are becoming more outrageous than ever, I find, in this time we're living in. They're not hiding it anymore, aren't they? They're, they're, yeah. They're, they're right uh, in front of us. That, and Yeah. Yeah, well, there's also the fact that as there's two things always going on at once so the ascension yeah. and the descension on a collective level so as the ascension occurs the descent occurs simultaneously because there's a tightening of the grip in order to maintain control so they're forced to play their hand and rush and, uh, through desperation so they end up revealing more of what they're doing which then serves to wake people up more so in the end it all feeds into the awakening in the end that's a positive thing which is why i think what, what i said before is likely going to happen we're going to shift from this this system to another one but then it's you know a big chess game of who's in control of the disclosure and what we're going to do with it we're going to probably see a split into different factions and camps and it's our responsibility now to align with those that we know see through the same vision and lens as us and that's okay if it's a hive mind and that not a hive mind uh, and a kind of echo chamber for now <laughs> they've got me <laughs> and then we have to let the pieces fall where they may rather than trying to predict how it's going to happen there's there's so many possibilities within this holographic reality that we live in that can play out at the same time and then eventually i don't know how many years or decades or centuries it would take but eventually it will all have to kind of fuse into the most probable outcome and that's what they're trying to do on the negative is to get us all through force and manipulation to plug into one probable future timeline the singularity and technologies their technology anyway is the best way to achieve that so what we're doing is is just flipping that on its head but we're doing it the natural way through aligned resonance and and synchronicity positive synchronicity and then letting the divine will and creativity uh, unfold as it needs to without trying to like we said change or or, or control or predict how that's going to happen that takes a lot of trust again which is why we say yeah. trust is important because when we do embody that trust, we don't need, we don't concern ourselves with what's going to happen. We just let it play out, knowing that we're guided, supported, and protected on on that journey. Yeah, and I find, um, you know, a huge. Uh, there's a lot of positives over the last few years, and the people I speak to, uh, and one of the big things I've noticed is people unplugging from the media so many people i know that have switched it off 
uh, even just for simply saying it's there's nothing there for me there's nothing information wise that's uh, really any good for me so i'm not going to watch it i'm not going to play into it and and how their well-being's improved just doing that one thing to saying you know i'm not going to play along with that side of things what will be will be yeah yeah you have to unplug to a certain degree without ignoring reality yeah because whatever we ignore yeah, whatever absolutely. we resist and ignore persists right so yeah. to, to, to disengage from the media mind control we have to first know what it's doing right rather than playing the repression game or, or you know if i don't think about it then it doesn't exist that doesn't yeah. that doesn't work like like we we have to uh, yeah, I, I, overall, it, it's it's a positive thing that people are, are switching the, the the mind control box off. Definitely, it, I mean, it would just be better if everyone just just switched it off. And but then, like, if they haven't done the self inquiry, then they re one media gets replaced for another. The alternative media, and look what's happened in the alternative media. It's just absolutely screwed up and corrupt as the mainstream. So I suppose it kind of loops back round to when you're ready and what's right for you in a way of where you're up to. Yeah, like and again, knowledge needs to knowledge needs to come intuitively. Uh, there's no there's no use just going on Facebook and clicking on your newsfeed and just scrolling down endlessly and forming your perception around. A conglomeration of what everyone else believes that's no good because then you're still working externally to form the truth you have to trust in your own experience and again in your body the wisdom of the body and what's it trying to sig signal to you we're so used to rejecting that wisdom so if we're tired we force ourselves to stay awake if you know we get this signal to do something that might seem a bit risky we, we put it on hold because we want to play it safe this is this this is our higher intelligence trying to communicate to us about what we need to do to access deeper truth and like i said before the more that we uh, listen to that intelligence the more the truth will come to us we'll find all the resources we need we might stumble across a new mentor figure or a new website and we might get a recommendation from someone that we trust we might find a new friend that happens to have the next keys for the for the for the journey you know it all happens it takes care of itself and that's what i've always tried to do in my life where i can i don't get me wrong i have days where i'm impulsive and i just click on youtube and go on a weird journey for like a few hours and it's just pointless but you know that's all right <laughs> everyone does it like i'm not a saint you know like i have days where i just consume and gobble stuff up but i'm more at least i'm aware that i'm doing it you know and i know that it's destructive when i'm doing it awareness is the key i realize you know it always comes back to the same thing i realize that I've always trusted myself to be my guide and it's never forsaken me. You know, I've got my, you know, I've had my struggles and challenges, but they, even they were a blessing in disguise. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting thing, especially with technology. There's that dynamic there um, because, you know, I use a lot of platforms to connect with people like yourself, Sammy, and, but it's easy 
very easy for it to go the other way. We find ourselves scrolling for hours and then hours have gone by where we lost that time. It, it almost has a bit of a hypnotic nature to it. Mm. Uh, but then it has the positives is there's a lot of people putting some really good content out there when you connect with uh, and that can feel very empowering as well. Yeah, I mean, like you can control how you consume information. If, if you like going down news feeds and stuff, then you know it's everyone's like free world to do it as they as they wish. Um, for me, I found that honing in on specific, like I know now what kind of books, resources. I, I don't tend to read too many books in their entirety, but I might go on. I might go on a you know have an internet session where i i go through you know different articles or the point is i basically find the person that i know i can trust because the material has some synchronistic relevance to something going on in my life then i use that as the guide to, to allow me to then research whatever that topic is and it just tends to take care of itself that's why i can't explain it because you know you just end up jumping from one thing to another and it all just starts to make sense then you get this like epiphany moment where you have these revelations and they're so real and relevant because they they've corresponded with your own personal experience that's when you know you can trust it so i'll yeah. tend to <laughs> what i'm trying to do instead of just mindlessly consuming information in bite-sized form for like quick dopamine impulsive hits mm. i'll pick you know a, a book or put pick a website that i already know i align with and I'll, I'll actually try and focus more i would like to actually read more books fully for that reason because it's much better to consume in that format than to just read loads of memes and stuff and this this is really addling with our attention span and it, it, it's a problem because we're not actually digesting things in them in their more complete form and that's what would be good so yeah like you said chris there's nothing wrong with like there are people putting out some really good stuff and i commend people for that i respect anyone who who speaks their truth and i have certain people that i know i can trust that i go to and i i, I have people that see me as that person and that's great it's just we need to be discerning about whether we're coming from a place of impulsivity and addiction as a, as a distraction or whether we're actually focusing and actually digesting what we're reading and assimilating it and maybe giving proper feedback rather than, oh, thanks, this is great or blah, blah, blah. You know, for me, I like to see people that are actually engaged and have actually shown, demonstrated that they've understood or try to understand the material, you know? But you yeah, can read a book, though, it, can't you? So, it's, it's interesting what you said there as well about myself and Stephen have found this, where you find a particular like, source material or it could be in a book, and then all of a sudden there'll be something else that synchronises with it and something else, and then we'll look at each other and say, why didn't we find this years ago? But it, we found it at the right time. The, mm. the, a really good example of that is, um, I think about a year ago now, we stumbled across a lot of Dolores Cannon's work. And obviously she'd been working a very long time and putting out content videos and we'd never heard of her before. And we said, why have we never come across this? But we quickly discovered it's just the right 
time right information that, that um and teachings that we were ready for so it ultimately it's it's like what we're seeking is seeking us as well yeah see uh, oh, sorry Stephen. what were you going to say i will i know i was just going to say very much a little bit what was chris was saying you know sometimes i will i will read a book or i will read certain chapters and and i've picked up this book many times before and and i think oh i get i'll get that now I understand that now. So in a way, I'm in it. Um, as we progress, as we evolve, the digestion of knowledge changes as well because we are in a different vibration. And we talk about words being vibrational as well, and that we're able to understand that. And I was only thinking about this 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 morning. I was driving in the car, and I was listening to cer certain songs. And I thought, I've listened to this song 20 years and I only now understand what that song's about. And, and it's again about the information. We're so bombarded with information all the time. We don't process nothing. So in a way, if you can use that analogy with, with what we read and what we absorb, we don't really think about it, do we? yeah i agree with what you both said yeah like, yeah the, the words are a frequency and intelligence that carries a, a, a free yeah the, the the words carry a frequency that we connect with at a certain time same with music yeah i've had that before with certain lyrics that i revisit and it carries a whole new meaning it might represent something going on in my life and it's so subjective but it's like wow like i know this I was attracted that, like you said, Chris, it finds you. I know the song finds yeah. me at that time because it's delivering me a message. It's like a wink from the universe. It doesn't matter whether someone else has another interpretation of it. All that matters is how much it resonates with you at that time. And funnily enough, this can even be applied to knowledge that might be hijacked. Give you a good example. And I don't want to make any definitive judgments here because this book, Bringers of the Dawn, by Barbara Marciniak, if you've heard of it. Have you heard of Bringers of the no. Dawn? No. One of them, again, that gets thrown around a lot, and you'll probably now see it, that we've spoken about it. I keep seeing Dolores Cannon <laughs> pop up recently myself, actually. But Barbara yeah. Marciniak was a channeler in the late 90s who transcribed her channelings into the Bringers of the Dawn text. But it was a book that she wrote, and there's a companion book called Family of Light, which I think preceded it or came after. Um, and it's a culmination of her material and she basically gathers all the channelings and basically describes what the hell's going on in reality and what we can do about it and they're supposed to be the pleiades chat channelings but other information subsequently that's come anyway when i first read we listened to the audiobook of that uh back in 2012 which was the year of all the great prophecies there was a lot going on in my life at that time good and bad that book had a really powerful impact on me and i'll never forget it and everything resonated so strongly it almost brought me to tears and i was sat in the dark with a candle at about 3 a.m with my like studio headphones just with my <laughs> eyes closed just listening to this material and i was still kind of relative probably quite new to all of that stuff then in terms of the proper channeled material and you know what we found now i know Stephen, you've done certain kind of channelings yourself so you probably understand this even better than me yeah. as a personal experience there's a lot of channels that have been corrupted they may have not started corrupted but they've become corrupted 
over time. So later information from trusted sources that I really do trust revealed a lot of the Pleiadian channelings to be a kind of hijacked false light thing that we were talking about earlier. Right. I'm not saying all the Pleiades system is um, hijacked or, or wrong or false. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of stuff going on in, in that realm. And what happened to Barbara Marciniak is in the 2000s, she started becoming really jumbled in her connection. And, and she lost that, that flow and articulation. So she got called a fraud and she got called, a, oh, you've lost it or a fake, whatever. But I know when I listen to that audio book, Bringers of the Dawn, and even David Icke um, cites this as one of his most powerful spiritual influences, by the way. Like, I know you guys have chatted to him. If you, if you, if you yeah. brought that up, he'd know what I'm talking about. He actually says it was a huge influence on him and a lot of other people. So there was a time maybe back in 2000, around 2012, probably before for Icke, I'm sure, where people were being drawn to this for a reason. And I don't think it carried the same flavor as it might do now. And regardless of what people say to me now or what I believe, I know that at that moment in my life, I needed to come across that material to give me the next pieces of the puzzle. And even looking back in hindsight now, knowing what I might know now, I still can't reject it because it's all part of embedded in who I am today. So it, mm. it shows that the lines aren't always black and white. There can be quite a gray area, blurred lines when it comes to knowledge. And it's more about your, your synchronistic connection to knowledge. So all of this, like, focus on, oh, this is controlled opposition. Oh, this person's done this. This person's that. I personally just trying to move away from that. It's just I'm here to learn and to evolve and I'll take what aspects resonate and apply it and embody it and then I'll keep moving on and on. And, you know, that's all we can do. No one has it all worked out. We all have our dark side. We all have our blind spots. And who knows, maybe we've been corrupted and maybe we've tapped into false channels or whatever. But it's all part of the process in the end. So we have to embrace all things on the journey and the timing in which they come to us. Rather they happen for a reason. They happen for a reason, don't they? I guess as well as as, as service to spirit. You know, I, you know, we here to we here to serve. Yes, ourselves, but we're here of a greater purpose. Uh, some of our spiritual work, and I know me, me and Chris, we do a lot of channeling here at the Purple Mountain, and it just makes complete sense because you know we and, and when things do happen, when you do get hijacked, because at the end of the day, that there is. A very simple spiritual truth: there is light and there's dark. There is entities. There, there, there are spirits that work on a very high vibration, and then there are more earth plane, earthbound uh, spirits. So, and however, when you do, when do thing, when things do happen to you as a medium, as as a spirit worker, they're happening for you. They're not happening. Um, spirit aren't there to punish us these are part of our life lessons and I feel sometimes when they do happen when things have happened to me um, where maybe 10 years ago before I really start working on myself I, I got myself very angry why has this happened to me where I was a blame where I was in that blame mode where actually now I look and show gratitude that everything that does happen 
I am working with the flow of the universe. I'm working with both the light and the shade as part of my learning experience. And that's something me and Chris, without doubt, these past two years in particular, uh, part of maybe that false uh, distortion that we fed into for so many years about mm. us being here on this throne, we're in the light and there is the dark. And I've got some complete respect to the shadow side as well as the light side you know yeah. again it's just amazing but it's again we have to experience it to understand it and that's how for me you gain the best knowledge the best yeah. knowledge is through those experiences absolutely yeah do you do that as well then chris the, the summon channeling as well I, I, I saw yeah. one of your videos steve and that's why i mentioned it on on i think it was on your youtube channel I think it was just you though, with a, like a group of people. I think you were there, Chris, though, mate. Like in the group, in, in the uh, early days, I think we used to film a lot, and then uh, during the lockdowns, actually, we were doing, we were filming as well to just keep um, keep the knowledge coming out for people for for hope and inspiration. Mm. Um, so there's quite a few of those um, on YouTube. Some of the early, early ones. Yeah, it's well, interesting yeah. to, yeah, it's interesting to look back at your journey. And, and I've had some crazy experiences that in hindsight, <laughs> like, I'm mm. like, hang on a second. Um, what is this? But again, it's not, it's that gray area we're speaking about. I'll give you a good example. So we know the astral plane is, is, very heavily corrupted especially the lower well they it's basically become a lower astral plane basically the, the whole astral plane pretty much hijacked okay because of, of, of I've, i feel that i definitely feel that mm. i've and, and a lot of us have experienced that in in the sleep state exactly. where you feel like you're coming you That's where you're it. coming back really heavy chris you felt that where you're like oh my god what's happening and it's like you're penetrating through. And as I think as light workers, we know the difference. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You will have experienced it. That that sense of, oh, what what is it? What what am I tapping into? So I'd have like multiple astral projections, maybe when I really started opening up to spirit, because I was I was chasing the light and I don't care because I wanted to chase the light. Why not? <laughs> it's all about experimenting and learning. There's loads of things I did that. I shouldn't have done meddling with spirit, but I don't care because it's become it's, it's part of who I've become. And yeah, in hindsight, I realised I was tapping into a dark realm of 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 a demonic realm, actually, to just say it bluntly. Yeah. And even in the past few years, when I'm really out of whack vibrationally and my nervous system's a bit off, that'd be a really extreme example. Maybe I've had like no sleep or. I'm just very restless. So, you know, I've worked with a lot of issues with my nervous system. So I, that I've learned a lot from that. Another negative that I've learned from. So I've often been interfacing with that lower astral plane unknowingly thinking that I'm having a spiritual experience. Well, I am. It's still spiritual, but it's just not necessarily a good one. And uh, <laughs> then when I started becoming aware of the nature of that realm and what it was trying to do, which was to, 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 hypnotize me in this astral glamour right it was it was sending me these messages not just through sound and words but through light and things that felt warm and fuzzy and i wanted to follow so it'd be like oh sleep paralysis now i'm coming out my body or let's follow this like gl glamour like really lovely light or let's tune in but 
luckily my higher self stepped in and always protected me in those circumstances even though I wasn't conscious of what was going on in terms of the dark side of it so I never took it too far I never went off astral traveling into that astral plane because what could happen then if you're really unlucky and low vibration is you can either get hijacked and possessed when the, the uh, when your astral when your own astral cord has been severed or you can all kinds of things can happen you can have thought intru implants intrusions loads of interferences and i never feared false, that false downloads false false downloads can be coming through as well yeah. that I know so when that. you come back to reality same on psychedelics if you open yourself up too much they'll 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 implant this this stuff into you especially if you're unconscious if you're really conscious like we are you you can kind of play around with it a bit better and and there's a there's a there's a there is a benefit to it if it feels like the right time if that's what feels right for you but yeah, a lot of people, and I know people who have dabbled with ayahuasca prematurely when they're not ready and they've come out the other side, same with LSD, and they've been kind of changed from it, maybe subtly, maybe more overtly. But anyway, like when I started becoming more aware of, of what was the nature of these these two polarities, when I then, I, I basically stopped having these astral experiences for about five years until i had this little lull and dark night episode where i really fell out of balance and like they started coming back but this time it was as plain plain as anything what they were so i would literally start to see like shadow beings cloaked dark entities show themselves to me maybe they've come from within me and they need like cleansing and, and dissolving or maybe they've come from yeah. the outside i don't know it's all it's all complex in that realm everything's happening energetically so it's working in and around us all the time trying to like capture our soul sustenance right so when i then became aware of what it actually was i then had more conscious ability to reject it so what would happen was so sometimes i'd be in this kind of tug of war with these these astral beings that were literally trying to hook in mainly through the sacral cord to suck that that sexual energy out of me it's kind of an astral rape experience right because yeah, yeah. if you were to look at it on a physical level that's exactly what's happening but i could command whatever that thing was to leave my field consciously i wouldn't even have to say it you can say it it'd have maybe more potency if you commanded it with words because they're a frequency but all i had to do was just think no 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 get out of my field you don't have permission to be here. So I would set this kind of affirmation and then I'd see it literally just kind of like move like that and it just go disappear. It's happened a few times. But now, and back to the original point, is I know through that experience that I have the ability to deal with it. So I can't reject that experience because I'm now more informed. So yeah. I'm not, I yeah. think I said, Sammy, like, that is so so inspiring there because me and Chris, haven't we? We uh, talk about went through a bit of a darker period, and when we spoke to to somebody that channeled the the angelic realms, and and she basically said that part of my and Chris's soul contract, we came back. Uh, we you know we with the tribe we are with our spirit family and in a way we've come back to to come back into this reality into this realm to learn to be 
the independent warrior, the independent healer, the shaman, magician, whoever the archetype would come back mm -hmm. to play, and that that we've chosen to meet the these um, the darker realms, the, the demonic. Yeah, part of it is a projection. I've seen that a projection from within me that I know that really, oh, I don't want to see. And actually, what that requires that that projection, which requires just unconditional love yeah uh, that's where that is and i'm absolutely amazing and um, you see that you know it just requires that unconditional love the, the these projections that we can have if that makes sense yeah absolutely like again you know some people think that projecting love onto darkness is stupid because it enables it or it feeds it but that's only true if you haven't accessed that heart frequency through your own efforts first so there is a, a spiritually bypassed version of that which is just kind of projecting love and light we know that anyway we you know we've discussed that all that mm -hmm. false light stuff but the version you're talking about is what i've come to realize actually still an antidote to dark forces is to extinguish them not in the sense of oh i'm trying to destroy you with none of that we we don't want any of that that anymore. we don't need to do any of that we need to just understand how this it works the laws of energy the laws of reality and realize that holding that heart frequency and even having love for those dark aspects is important the reason being is because everything is an emanation of source that's either that's lost its way not everything's lost its way but those beings are, are deeply tormented and they've lost their way and the only truth that remains is love because love is the bridge that connects everything back again that doesn't mean that we have to invite these beings into our home and have dinner with them you know? <laughs> imagine that <laughs> You know, I'm not going to just have like Voldemort around for dinner. It's like, it's <laughs> but this kind of love, it's that pure essence that we embody that firstly starves the entities or the beings, whatever they are, from feeding off our unresolved shadow. And secondly, it transforms the energetic landscape that will eventually help the lower realms to rehabilitate if they eventually choose. If they don't choose, what I think would just happen is as enough of the collective energy gains momentum, they would just dissolve back into the ether, back into the void, you know? Um, and that, would mean that they would lose their ascension privilege to individuate as a soul consciously back to source. What would happen is they've chosen the inverse path. They've relinquished their soul essence and identity. So they've become discarnate beings that can't hold that, that, that source light anymore. And eventually that darkness would just dissolve and just wither into nothingness. 
whether darkness will always exist in different exist in different realms, I don't know. But I certainly feel like everything is unified and comes from the one source. So I know that at some point, even if we can conceptualize it with time, everything has to reintegrate. So we're here to, like you said, Stephen, that's kind of part of our soul contract. Like uh, in this incarnation, we've come here to 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 kickstart that process and help others to elevate so we can start to converge again and then things will start repairing themselves and rehabilitating naturally from that and the key to doing that is through love and the heart and to get to that space of heart presence we have to be willing to go into our shadow feel the feelings right down to the lowest level shame guilt all of that and, and to honor them as part of the experience of the darkness looking to be integrated and acknowledged and to be healed yeah, I feel that there's, there's, there's so much there that, that makes absolute sense to me and something that I've come to the realisation and I and I feel a lot of us are moving out of that thought process that, you know, if there's darkness or we're feeling something like putting it away, we need to battle it when, when actually, you know, it could be a projection of what's going on within us and just showing unconditional love. That's that's the challenge. And I feel mm -hmm. that's always kind of been the challenge on the earth plane. Um, you know, if somebody's hurt or harmed us, instead of showing anger or hatred to actually send them unconditional love, um, which can be a huge challenge. But what I wanted to touch on there when we're talking about uh, channelers was... There's something I came to understand when I first got involved with this work. I felt like we might get to this stage where we're just totally zen. <laughs> it's like you're just on the same level. Everything's okay. You do your spiritual work. And I've come to realize that it's just that's not the way it is. It's about being you. And I actually find if um, with something happening, with a group coming together, or we might have a, a, a trance a session or sitting with either myself or Stephen, something might occur in that week that's really challenging, that really brings something out. And it's almost like that has to be cleared and moved out of the way for what's going to come next, if that makes sense. So uh, it's, it's not more like straight, it goes like that all the time. Mm. Uh, part of the journey, that's what I feel. And it's a, uh, it's almost part of the great uh, mystery in a way. And, and and I'm always, rightly or wrongly, a little bit cautious if I don't see that bit of shadowy people because it's there. We yeah. all have it. And, yeah. and uh, I used to mention it like uh, in the New Age movement, sort of respectfully, <laughs> I used to say, uh, like the angelics. And I think if I, if I don't see that bit of realism, I, I naturally became a little bit cautious because it's there with it's there with us all mm, yeah yeah it, it definitely signifies something that's being purposefully suppressed especially even like say if we are angelic helpers just hypothetically right just by coming here and dropping density into this realm we all acquire shadow, whether it happened multiple lifetimes ago or now, it doesn't matter. We're all taking human form. So we all have to undergo that hero's journey and, and, and that, that healing journey. So 
to kind of take this mindset that oh i'm too evolved for this i don't have any darkness <laughs> to deal with yeah. you know i i can't i can't deal with that either it's very inauthentic and and i find those people actually carry the most judgments internally and if you're discerning enough you can actually see the judgments because it, they can't hide it truly energetically and it expresses through their faith their you know body language their gestures you just get the sense of hmm, hang on you're not all that you let yourself that, that you paint yourself to be and i would much rather like you said have more authentic experiences with the shadow not forever obviously there's a cutoff point where if someone just really isn't willing to do the work and they're constantly projecting then that's different you need boundaries but you know it's never going to be completely plain sailing but i do think there's this plateau level that we can reach which again i would say is the zero point space the field of 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 harmony and peace where we can we have sustained attained enough control over our, our energy field that only what's in resonance with that can can remain and that's hopefully where we're going to transition more towards as we start to connect with one another through discernment and trust and honesty and all these virtues that, that are still really important get rid yeah, of the suppose. final phases of ego and manipulation games and like because that makes you know, sense I, I suppose it's like um i've experienced this where you might overcome one thing or as you're learning your lessons and you know things might drop that but they're not going to drop to the level that they did before it's only going to go so far and it continues so, yeah. so what you said that really really clicks in with me that yeah, yeah yeah good point yeah it's still an evolution um even yeah it's it's again integrating each layer moving to the next challenge that that does involve going to deeper into the shadow sometimes but as long yeah. as you know that it's still building upon what preceded it and it's all a kind of process of evolution then you don't need to worry about you know slipping back into those dark realms and letting them control you again you have more consciousness about what the darkness is and how to manage it so in that sense you don't get as triggered yourself about it because uh, yeah. you can see where it's coming from within that person and you can choose to disengage from your emotional projection and i do struggle with that sometimes like it happens even with close friends you know like there'll just be something that it just pisses you off and triggers you. Like, yeah. And what's humbling me is just being able to check in with myself. And this is classic shadow projection stuff, really. But there really is normally something in you that's probably in fear. And because it has to come from fear, because if there's something we're judging about another, we have to accept responsibility for that being in our field, which means something in us interface with that part of them that's shining a light through the mirror of that person about something that we need to resolve. So not to, you know, and then again, like you always have to put caveats and things because people say, oh, well, what are you saying that victims do this? And are you saying that victims like bring on their own suffering? No, not at all. I'm not saying that. But energy doesn't lie. Everything that is experienced has to 
be a reflection on some level of something that's happening inside of us whether we deserve it or not well that's a different question because you know it's a tough reality to be in but at the end of the day you know there is always something that can be identified from a trigger and if we just can practice that neutrality it takes time discipline uh, before we act it out then we're in a good position to let someone be who they are without trying to change them and that way more harmony is naturally created and those that aren't in harmony will slip away naturally anyway so there's nothing to worry about mm -hmm. so it is always something that we fear that wants to try and put blame someone else for our own you know shortcomings but we are we are our own creators aren't we we i think in a realization as well and i think maybe a lot of people can be frightened of this because when they're awakened really the awakening is really to teach us that we are powerful beings of, of light and love we are here we are part of the creator's code we we are part we, our soul is being created by god or the creator from the source so we are in essence uh, a very highly vibrational beings of light and we, we, you know remo moving away from this passive submissive perspective to this very powerful enlightening gratifying sense of peace and love that we are with a lot of us are here to create we are manifestors we are creators so it, and if people could accept that, you know, again, talk about the toxic side of spirituality. Everyone wants to create, everyone wants to accept that we create light and love and we can manifest um, material things that can come to us and we can manifest positivity. But also we are creators also of our own suffering as well. And what we think we, we manifest. So, so talking about um talk about the victim side mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people can't accept that in a way i'm not not talking about you know it you don't go too deep into it but really no one's the victim because you know we are all creators what we think we create we manifest we manifest as we we're beings of energy and 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 if people can realize that they have to realize accept the other side as well that we create our own suffering so if you're miserable if you if you go in through some shit in your life well you've manifested that you've created that so you can't blame that to to anywhere else yeah and there is like there, there is manipulation to get us to forget that we're the creators which then creates the suffering so of course there's manipulation at play and it's working on every level but that suffering, as many of us will know, walking this path has been the catalyst back to deeper awareness. It, it's a strange world where we have to experience suffering sometimes to awaken us from our slumber, but it's often that's the seed that that sprouts that self-awareness because we're forced to question why? Why am I in a state of suffering? And that, again, isn't about blaming ourselves. It's about looking at the darkness and how our blind spots or our manipulated free will or choices or aspects have been hijacked so that we are then feeding the very the, the darkness right so that's what self-responsibility and accountability is it's not about self-blame or, or victim blaming whatever people want to call it but there is a state of victimhood which we choose sometimes to get stuck in because we're so conditioned into that state of suffering and 
that's because we still haven't fully recognized that we are the creators of this reality or of our experience of reality. And this is what we're coming back to remembrance of now. And this is why there's so much potential coming online now because we're realizing the greatest trick perpetrated on us was just to get us to forget and this is why they target people at such a young age right like through sexual traumas and stuff because if you can get them when they're young then you stop them from being able to remember but as i said before sometimes it's that very experience and the suffering that comes from it that actually then wakes us up so it's a weird kind of thing between dark and light where one feeds back into the other and this is what's happening on a collective level now as the collective shadow comes to light we're seeing this this tightening of of the chains from these the control systems but what it's actually doing is causing more people to question reality so every mm. time they try and 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 do more of their silly tr old tricks through these false flag events the more people next waves of people question it and so in the end it all serves the higher um but then there's still choice in that as well we get to a point where we realize we do have the free will and we have the choice that's when it's important to take responsibility when we're unconscious well we're unconscious so we don't know we have the choice but once we've come back to that awareness that's when we can choose to harness that and actually do our best to do the work necessary to heal and then to step into that ability to actually be able to command our reality, not in a manipulative false light way, but from a space of true, you know, a connection to source. Um, and yeah, let it evolve from there. Amazing. Amazing stuff. I, I did want to sort of touch on one more subject. I know we've, uh, it's been a fantastic chat tonight. I hope everybody's enjoyed it that's joined us as well. Um, but it's actually involves more like on the physical things on the earth that's occurring in terms of significant structures or places that um, sort of knowledge is being unearthed or accepted on now that wouldn't have been many years ago. And, and I don't know if anybody's, I'm sure everybody's familiar with Graham Hancock. Uh, and he's another figure who's been uh, ridiculed quite a lot. For his theories which which happens quite a lot with people who are unearthing truth uh, but now it's becoming accepted and and a lot of these um places that were connecting with energy connecting with the stars uh, openly um uh, honoring our many lives and our ancestors and now sort of the knowledge is coming out. So do you think it's coming out in a time now we're ready to accept that again? It's like coming full circle where it's, that's almost being unearthed at a time mm. when, we're we're, when we're ready to once again accept the importance yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, I'm not saying, you know, there's not any holes in the Graham Hancock narratives. I think there's oh, yeah. things he doesn't see personally. I, I still think he has his own blind spots as to as to the, as to what these ancient civilizations actually represent and maybe he's putting yeah. a lid on it because of all the ridicule he's faced but i respect again the work that he's doing and the fact that i enjoyed that documentary actually and and the fact that yeah. so many people tuned into it the fact it even made its way onto netflix was a miracle really but incredible he, yeah. you know he has a son who works for netflix so 
that I think helped him to get it on air. So, but you can just call that coincidence. Probably was was again one of those synchronicities that was meant to happen. So, mm. uh, yeah, luckily it got the got got the exposure that it deserved, and it's definitely a sign of the times that people are in, interested in the the theory that there was a previous a, a previous civilization and that we were reset on this current course and that's another thing i think you can't bury now for too long the pun intended you know all these old sites are starting to to reveal like look at things like machu picchu and and a lot of other sites in peru and 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 all these sites that are, were buried under mounds right all these hills that are actually old pyramids or or caves or 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 underground you know structures and systems there's actually literally another layer of reality that we're unearthing underneath our very feet so all these excavations that are happening now across the world again you can't stop that from happening now you can try and manipulate it and say oh it's only 500 years old when reality is you keep digging and testing deeper layers beneath the surface you find it goes back 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 and most notably there's a connection to around eleven and a half thousand years ago conveniently in in alignment with that younger dryas event that was the sudden event that 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 set us onto this current cycle and it happened so quickly there was the ice age which took uh, thousands of years i think to actually play out but the younger dryas event i think it was a sudden sea rise uh sea level rise happened in just a couple of days apparently and this is connected to the old atlantean myths and plato himself in one of his books um what was it called i can't remember the name but he talks about this sudden event that wiped out this old civilization. So there's not much evidence out there, but it's it's there buried in, in the ancient monuments and, and structures. And the more that that comes out, like these documentaries, the more people are going to start searching for deeper clues. So it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. But I certainly think now the Atlantean theory has gained traction and this this is this 100%. is promising. I, I think so and i think that um that theory of this um uh, like the cataclysm the floods that that a few people have written on now is uh, in in their own way but very similar D- david Icke mentions it in some of his books as well and many many others about this point that came and and i know we were talking about it before we went live tonight about possibly this is the point that we're reaching now yeah we're at that precipice point in this cycle it's obvious if you look around again it might be quite drawn out some people even predicting another mini ice age believe it or not which goes contrary to the whole warming theory certainly you know whether that's man-made or whether that's that's natural i don't know but i think what we're doing uh, it's all a reflection of consciousness anyway because that in that influences the magnetics of, of of the of the earth so the more that we fall out of alignment the more likely it is that the earth could experience a, a, a reset because the earth's body will need to die so that it's the earth's soul can be reborn and, and start again like we die and reborn through the reincarnation yeah. cycle 
So this is why these times will determine what the outcome is. I try and be optimistic. Well, I, I, I feel optimistic about this cycle, but I would never make any definitive claims. I think anything's possible, but that's why it's so important to just focus on, on what we can do as individuals, because that's the most control that we have. But certainly we're at that, that, that point now where if something's got to give, something's going to happen either way. <laughs> You know, yeah. and that—that's uh, just the journey. We got to embrace it. It—it's it, it, very uncertain times, but also there's so much potential that can be birthed from it if we choose. I that agree. It's—it's it's crunch time, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there is so much potential, and and yeah. So, well, it's been a really amazing chat tonight, Sammy. Thank you so much for giving no us your time uh it's, it's massively appreciated and thank you for everybody who's listening as well thank you for supporting us and continuing on with this podcast just to speak with my like-minded souls and in in hope that some of the information if not all has resonated with you has maybe triggered something within you as well yeah <laughs> some of these things can have those trigger points and, and that helps us learn as well um so thank you so much sammy thank you to all our listeners and Stephen, do you anything you want to close us with no it's been an absolutely amazing session i could listen to you all day sammy but you have to digest you have to digest you know what we're learning we're sharing and we'll meet again in maybe in a couple of months and then we'll learn more and and it's just amazing making that connection and learning this is what it's all about enjoy our our chats i look forward to the next one yeah And, and you triggered some interesting stuff within me as well so thank you um i'm always learning through these conversations myself so yeah it's really a pleasure to chat with you guys always and yeah let's do it again sometime <laughs> absolutely i'm all for that uh if anybody is interested in um learning a little bit more about sammy and some of his work uh, uh and information he puts out there you can visit shiftingtimeline.com i'll place uh, the link for that wherever you're watching or listening and thanks so much just sending lots of love to everybody until we speak again thank you for watching the collective awakening podcast for more information on the purple mountain spiritual and well-being center you can visit our website at thepurplemountain.co.uk and don't forget to click and subscribe.